I think at least for me, the biggest lesson I've learned in all of this is like figure out what you enjoy and just, which sounds so simple and I'm still learning it, but figure out what you enjoy and just go do that. And, and when people see how happy you are doing the thing you're doing, that those kinds of clients and customers are going to find you. Well, I am super excited to have Joanna Munoz on the Passion Beyond the Art Show. Welcome, Joanna. It's been a while. How have you been? I've been doing well. Um, I'm excited to be back. It's definitely been a while since we last talked. A few things have changed, so it'll be good to catch up. Sweet. All right, so this episode is a little bit different. One before was a little bit about getting to know you and introducing you to the audience. Now we want to talk a little bit about multiple revenue streams. Okay. And the idea behind this is because after all that we've went through, for those who don't have multiple revenue streams, they're starting to think about it. And it's I feel like COVID has just made it clear that we need to have different sources of income. What can you say to that? So it's been interesting because I've, I had the same job. I was an art director at a production agency, um, for over 10 years and my salary is really good. And so I did lettering on the side, um, to just have fun with it. And I didn't really think about how I was going to transition into freelance because I was just riding high on that paycheck and, and the fun times. And I was planning on quitting, after I got my Christmas bonus, um, but my boss downsized and beat me to it. So he let a few of us go around Thanksgiving, but it worked out because I had in-person live lettering events around the holidays. So I had my December scheduled. I did events for Michael Kors. They flew me around the West coast. I was like, Oh yeah, this freelance thing is so easy. And then came January and no one does anything in the beginning of the year. Clients are just easing back into it. Um, and you know, I, I was, by then I was full-time freelance. I had a few things lined up and then I realized, Oh, I actually have to work to get clients. I have to market. I have to reach out. And I wasn't used to doing that because when emails would come into my inbox because I already had my steady paycheck, it was just kind of a bonus. So, um, and then COVID, so I uh, was banking on doing a lot of um, art markets around Los Angeles and the West Coast. Um, I had done one at Letter West in Utah when we had the lettering conference out there. It was my first time selling, creating and selling products. So it was nice to see like what sold and what people resonated with because online people, it's very easy for people to say, oh, can I get that as a print? And then when you make it, no one's buying the thing that they said they're going to buy. So that's a good lesson to learn. Um, but I have a lot of fun. I'm way more fun in person than, than my Instagram probably shows. Um, so I really like in-person interactions and I was banking on doing all of the markets here in Los Angeles, but then we have a pandemic. So I had a bunch of products sitting in my office. I didn't have a steady paycheck. Um, I filed for unemployment. So luckily I was able to get that. 
And I went into, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how I can do this mode. And so I rode the unemployment for a while and I stared at my products and I, I knew I should put it up on sale because I have Squarespace, which has an online store and I dragged my feet. And then I finally did it just because I, it's not making me money sitting in the cabinet collecting dust. So I finally figured out how to set up the Squarespace store. I'm terrible at marketing. I don't like schlepping things on Instagram. So I had to like train myself on how to do that without feeling like I was pressuring people or annoying people or just kind of hammering stuff home. So it, it was good to break myself out of that shell. And then, um, and then it was fun when orders came in, it was just, I was like, Oh, this is, why didn't I do this sooner? So that was kind of nice, but it wasn't, it wasn't enough to supplement the income that I was making. So then, um, luckily I was able to participate in TikTok's education program. So I tried to, I tried to avoid downloading TikTok. My niece is all over it. I'm, I don't dance on the internet. So I begrudgingly signed up to participate and it's amazing. There's so many people on there and you don't have to overthink the quality of your videos as long as you get your message across and it's super digestible. And I showcased the, the products I had as part of um, the teaching series where I showed what you can do with your artwork and people loved it. And it was an audience that wasn't already following me on Instagram. And I sold out of a bunch of things and I thought, holy cow, like why, why didn't I do this sooner? So using that avenue to bring in customers, um, to my shop and because they found me, then they found my Instagram and now I'm getting inquiries, more freelance inquiries to do design work. So it's just kind of figuring out what you're comfortable with. So for me, TikTok is just fun because it's just to me, not a not so serious platform. So I can have fun with it. I can practice how to market things. I can play with how I showcase video and um, teach lessons that I would have done at in-person workshops, which is also how I used to make money, which I can't do right now. So, so it was a lot of all the income streams that I had. So workshops, um, in-person, uh, like art events and freelance gigs and, and doing things for clients, all of that went away. And so I had switched to running an online store and finding ways to get the, um, not the big brand clients that would pay a lot of money, but maybe the smaller shops who need help with custom lettering or t-shirt designs or branding and, and try and maneuver that way. So that was a long winded story to say everything that I thought was going to work didn't work <laughs> because all of that got taken away, but it forced me to adapt and, and shift. I'm doing things and now I'm switching to, I like teaching. I like sharing. So now I'm switching to making my workshop stuff available for downloads. So I'm going to create alphabets for people to download. I'm going to transfer my workbook into a digital download. So trying to figure out that whole digital space because creating products are nice, but when you're sitting with products that people aren't stoked about that you thought they would, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a bummer. And then you're just like, well, now what do I do with all these things that I thought we were going to sell? So it's, I don't know, it's all at this point, I've gotten over the hump. So now I'm just having fun with it. At the beginning, I was super stressed out, but I'm, I'm figuring it out as I go along. You know what I appreciate about you the most? It's just like, you're just like adjusting along the way as you hit a roadblock. You, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure there was some downtime. There was some like, what am I going to do time? Oh. But you didn't stay there. And no, that's what I appreciate the most. 
I've definitely had days, if not weeks, of what am I doing? I don't know how to figure my way out of this. But then you see other people. What's inspiring but also slightly frustrating is that I have a lot of design experience, like in the professional world and school-wise. But there are people who have none who really like don't overthink things and they just go, 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 go and throw spaghetti at a wall and, and it works and they have successful businesses. And I'm over here like moving pixels and redrawing things because it's not right. And it's just, oh. so it's, it's good to see people like that who either, whether it's ignorance or they just, they're just doing it for themselves and they don't really like, they're not stressing themselves out. They're doing it for fun. Like they've, I feel like they've got it figured out and then they see my stuff and they think I have it figured out because maybe it's a little bit more refined or, you know, I'm a little bit neurotic with what I do. So it's just an interesting kind of way that the community thinks about artwork and how it's perceived. So, it's, you know, one of the things that you said is so true is that like we're all seeing each other doing our thing and each person is thinking that, okay, Joanna has it figured out. Or this person is thinking that person has it figured out. This person is thinking Daryl has it figured out. And we're all like literally, especially in this time, we're literally all just navigating yeah. along the way. Yeah. I was just thinking before I hopped on this call, like you, I, I, I can't wrap my head around how to do a podcast. Like I wouldn't even know where to start. So I'm super excited that you're still doing it. And it's going great. I assume, right? I assume it's going great. It's true. It's true. It's true. I'm not going to lie. Like the podcast has been a good venture. I can't even complain. It's brought so many different things and not it's it's not brought a lot of okay i do a podcast i make money it hasn't done a lot of that it's very done very little of that but it's done what it's done the most is like okay just boatloads of opportunity and you know of course i cherish the friendships like yours i cherish the friendships but it's just brought both load of opportunities both load of um getting my foot in the door so like a podcast there's so many things like almost every job or opportunity I have now, the podcast is connected to it in some way, shape, or form. That's incredible. So, I mean, I can't even. And it is a lot of work, and I finally got someone to be editing for me, so I'm yeah. glad I don't have to do that anymore, but it is a lot of work, and especially during the pandemic, it actually became harder. Oh, to, interesting. It, it became harder to do it. Oh, and, yeah. it's, and it's very weird because I had more time. I was, yeah. Especially when everything is, I'm not sure how it is in, in Los Angeles now, but in Georgia, everything's a little bit more opened up now. Now we're, uh. still, we're still doing masks and still doing all that stuff, but you can go out. Like when everything was like completely shut down, like work and home life was just all mixed up and together. <laughs> and it was just like almost impossible to like do an episode. <laughs> Yeah, I, it took me a long, I mean, in LA, we can go out, but we can't go inside. So we can do mm. dine outside or, okay. or pick up or that stuff. But if there are, there are a couple of weeks where I, I was like, Oh, I have no schedule. No one's doing anything. This is great. I'm just going to watch TV all day. And then like, a few days after doing that, I did, my brain felt like mush and I felt just completely like, what am I doing with my life? Then I'd work out for a series of days and be like, yeah, I'm going to be ripped by the time we, 
and then like i just and then you just kind of lose interest in everything and then at some point oh tiktok tiktok made me i'm gonna say this tiktok made me buy a cricket a cricket machine because i'm like oh these kids who have no idea what they're doing have bought cricket machines and started a sticker business i can do that so I buy it, but then it sits in my room literally for like at least two months. Like I'm terrified of opening it up because I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know why I bought it. I don't know what I've got myself into. I'm going through TikTok videos to try and figure out how everyone else did it. And then I've kind of figured it out. And then now people are asking me how I did it. And so it's just a fun, I think, it, I mean, this year has been crazy, but we're, I feel like we're all going to look back and be like, okay, I really learned what I'm capable of doing. I really learned like how to lean on myself and how to motivate myself. Now I have a schedule. I like to be up around seven. I like to work till maybe three and then, and then that's it. Like I like being productive now. Whereas before I just drag my feet and eat potato chips. And it took, it took, it took a little while to be able to handle all this freedom. It's like, it took a little while. Like you can watch, but so much shows. I know. It, what's interesting is that I, I wanted to pick, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I wanted to pick a show that I felt like I could, I could watch for as long as this pandemic was going to last. Mm-hmm. So I picked Grey's Anatomy, which I never watched before. And I started season one when we were in lockdown in April and I'm still going through the Netflix wow. thing. I think I'm on like season 15 and I just, my husband's like, what are you going to do when the show ends? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> because this has kept me sane throughout the whole pandemic i don't know so that is that is so funny all right so in regards to multiple streams of income like what do you feel kind of opened the door what was your 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 niche to get into that door i know your skill is lettering and calligraphy but like what was your form of revenue stream that kind of opened the door for you in terms of finding different ways to bring in income. So I think the first thing, um, while I was still working at my job, I was asked to teach workshops at Mm. M. Lovewell, which is a stationery store in um, Orange County or Santa Ana. And I had never taught a class before. I wrote my book, but that's just me sitting at a computer writing out the things I know. So it was really interesting to try and figure out how to teach someone who has no real idea what they're doing, everything that I knew in three hours without overwhelming them. So I taught a few classes last year and it's good money. I interact with people. I get to share what I know. And so I thought, Oh, I can, this can supplement my income, which is great. And then at those workshops, I would sell my book or I would bring in my prints Mm -hmm. and another shop was carrying my stuff. So I, it started to click in my head, like, I don't necessarily have to rely on one thing. There are different ways that money can come in. But even then with the comfort of the paycheck, I just didn't really, I didn't really push myself and I didn't really try to figure out how to make it work. I know you're supposed to have seven streams of income to, to become a millionaire or something like that. But (laughs) I'm like, I'm maybe at like two and a half, maybe on a good day. So I don't know. And then just having the art events taken away, I, I, went and put my stuff online. And so that's been really interesting. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, I have, I create artwork, hopefully to get hired to do events or, or branding or anything. But then I don't, it occurred to me, I can make stuff with all of my artwork. 
Otherwise, it just sits in a digital file for for like no and on Instagram. So mm -hmm. how do I take that artwork and translate it into something that someone may want? And now I'm looking into, okay, well, what products do people buy? I like I don't really buy stuff, and when I buy stuff, it just kind of sits there. So would someone buy a coffee mug with some of my lettering? Now I'm looking into doing print on demand because I don't want to have 75 coffee mugs sitting in my house. So how do I still bring in income, but bring in, bring it in, in a more efficient way that won't really cost me a lot of money. So just again, more experimenting, more figuring out what people are doing on TikTok. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'd love to give advice, but I also still have no idea what I'm doing. So, but and see, part of the thing is like, you kind of have to like step out there and do something. Yeah. You know what I mean? You kind of have to step out there and do something because you can either, you can teach it, you can sell it, you know what I mean? Or you can do freelance. Yeah. And I feel like you're doing, may not all at the same time or may maybe at different seasons, but you've literally done all of them. Yeah, I've taught um, online classes. I did a class online with Britain Co. And that video is available somewhere. And I, of course, I can translate what I teach in person to um, an online course, but the thought of, just the thought of me recording myself and having to stitch that video, like I am, that is so not where I'm at right now. And I know that's money that's just sitting there, but, and then I'd have to market it. So I just, I'd rather just make cute things and hopefully people buy it. Like that's where I'm at right now. And, and you see, that's the thing. I feel like after you kind of fiddling around, you can kind of figure out your thing and even in just selling products, you can create different streams and that you could have, like, as you said, on-demand products, you could be a digital product. You know, there's so many um, variations of each one, because in teaching, you got a course, you got a, a, a online workshop, you know what I mean? You got, you got a video series, there's so many different, so there's variations in each one. It's just kind of like finding your thing. I'm kind of like with you, I'm more with the products, like, yeah. Uh, client work has been, um, it's always an adventure. And event eventually, like, I, 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 I enjoy client work, but then there's a season comes when I kind of don't want to do client yeah. work. <laughs> I, I know that feeling. I definitely, it's been an adjustment because I know the value of my work. I know what I put into it. Mm -hmm. And trying to explain that to someone who does not necessarily understand that is a little bit challenging at times. Um, um yeah. and, but I've also come to realize with that energy of like, no, I deserve more. I'm sending bad stuff out to the universe. So I keep getting those same clients who just want a lot of work for not a lot of money. So I've had to figure out a way to shift that more to kind of a yes energy. Like, mm -hmm. yes, I'd love to help you with your project. I'd love to design this. This is what I'd normally charge maybe you can meet me somewhere and, mm -hmm. and more of a collaboration, not a stomp my foot and you should pay me more because I just, right. <laughs> which right. is how I still want to react, but, <laughs> but you yeah. know, you know, but that's also like just straight up wisdom too. You know what I mean? That's just straight up, like thinking it through one, like you, you, you want to make some money and you want to help them because like, we love this. And that's part of like our struggle as designers. Like we love this and we kind of take on a client's project as our own and we put so much of ourselves in it. So it's just like, 
I kind of want to get compensated. I kind of want to help you at the same time. So how can we kind of meet somewhere in the middle that we both can be happy? You know what I mean? Right. And it's, it's challenging because in the back of my head, I'm like, well, I don't negotiate with my doctor. I don't negotiate with my dentist. Like I shouldn't have to do this, but also, uh, you know, sometimes you, if you really want to, I've come to terms with the fact that if I can make the project a piece of cake for me and get paid enough that it's worth it, then I'm totally okay taking that project on and they're not showing it in my portfolio and, mm-hmm. you know, continuing to focus on the clients I want to bring in. But, mm-hmm. um, for a while I was definitely on a pattern of saying no to projects or people telling me no flat out and not willing to negotiate. And I just, after a few of those emails, it starts to get depressing. And then you question your choices in life and then <laughs> <laughs> your career. And so it's, you know, just trying to shift that mentality. And now I'm having fun. Now I, you know, I get emails and I'm like, okay, well, I want to help you, but you got to help me. So right. let's figure something out. You know? And you see, I like that, that approach because now you put it back on the client to make a decision. Yeah. You know what I mean? You put it back on the client. Like how badly do you want this? Like, How important is this to you if you really want to get it done? And I try to use, you can, I mean, I know, I'm sure you've met clients like this, you know, off the bat, that it's just, it's going to be a no. And, but they keep asking questions and you're like, okay. So I had a, a girl message me, DM me on Instagram asking how much it would cost to draw one word. And I thought, okay. So I said, please send me an email with timeline, budget, style, um, the whole night. Yeah, the whole nine. And she said, well, no, I want to negotiate on here. And if you say yes, then we can switch to email and I'll send you a contract. And also I need rights to the artwork. I'm like, okay. So she kind of knows what she's talking about, but also still not really. And she's not willing to switch to a more professional. I'm like, okay. So instead of being pissed off or not replying, I just thought, let me just use this as an exercise to to practice talking to someone. Cause I already don't want the project. Right. So it's, it's fine. Um, and I, I, you know, I told her my fee and it was for, it was a title for a, a children's book that she was putting together. The deadline was in one week. And, um, so I told her my fee and she said, that's more than all of the illustrations I paid for in this book. And I thought, I feel so bad for your illustrator because the <laughs> illustrations are actually really cute. And, you know, instead of getting, instead of having to defend myself, I said, it's so nice that you found an illustrator to do that work for you. You know, everyone has their price point. You're paying for all of my experience and, and I will create something that you won't ever have to have to redo later on, something you'll be proud of. And she was like, no, I'm just going to keep looking. Thanks. And I thought, okay, well, you're not for me. I'm not for you. That's totally cool. But it's, um, you're so it, nice. I mean, you're I'm, so I'm, nice. I'm actually not internally. <laughs> <laughs> We're facing, I'm almost always professional, but sometimes it's just like, why are you, I, I try to think of it as why are you wasting my time? I try to think of it. Okay. How can I use this to my advantage? So let me practice what I would say to someone with a little more common sense than you maybe, but <laughs> I um, love that approach. Though. I love that approach. <laughs> that is so epic. So what tip someone is um, interested in? Okay. I've ran into some, you know, financial issues when we just experiencing this pandemic. What's some tips that you can give someone? Okay. What's some of the things that I could start doing? Where should I look? Should I start fiddling with products? Should I, what should I do? Well, if we're talking about a designer Mm -hmm. or an illustrator or a letter, I would say 
you know, what do you like doing? Do you like creating original artwork that you could put up for sale? Then do that and, you know, put your artwork up for sale. If you like teaching, then figure out a way to teach someone the things you know, because people always love learning. So maybe create a manual for a download or, um, you know, a coloring book or something like that. If you don't like the workbook kind of route, then maybe you like teaching where it's in person. So maybe it's a workshop that's online. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. That would be really interesting. I think if you just really don't like dealing with clients and you just like making cool stuff, then look into drop shipping, which is um, those print on demand services and see where that goes. But I think, I think at least for me, the biggest lesson I've learned in all of this is like figure out what you enjoy and just, which sounds so simple and still learning it, but figure out what you enjoy and just go do that. And, and when people see how happy you are doing the thing you're doing, the, those kinds of clients and customers are going to find you. Like I, I, on my Instagram, it's a lot of lettering and now it's a little bit more fun than it used to be, but people don't know that I illustrate and I really like doing kid stuff and you don't Mm. see that on my lettering page, but I do. And I, I know some people won't be able to see it, but I draw like very silly things that That are like, so cool, like little kids, but it makes me so happy. And I thought, well, I can just create the stuff and then share it on TikTok because I don't really care who sees my stuff on TikTok and people actually like it. But then I feel weird sharing that kind of stuff on Instagram because I've already set up my, my voice and my tone and mm-hmm. my audience knows what to expect from me on there. So I just found a different social media platform and I'm using that as a way to experiment and see what people gravitate to. So when I, when I did this, um, uh, education thing with TikTok, I just shared what I knew and people, I didn't realize how much people really liked learning about lettering, the right ways to do things. And it, I mean, it's all stuff I already know. So it didn't occur to me that I breaking it down and showing people one of my videos has over 600,000 views. And I'm like, I don't, why, <laughs> why? I don't understand You're why. Killing it. Look but at people, you. And, but then there's also people on TikTok, and you have to like take this with a grain of salt. There's also people on TikTok who love giving unsolicited advice. Like <laughs> One of my videos was like, watch me package an order, which is so silly, but that's like a thing on TikTok. And it was like 10 stickers. And I thought, well, who's going to keep all 10 stickers? So I packaged them individually thinking they're going to give them away. And then people are judging me about how I'm choosing to mail it. So I can mail it cheaper if I do this or if I use this packaging. And then they're judging me about packaging it individually versus all together (laughs) and how I should save the planet. And then there are other people who are coming to my defense. And I'm like, this is, this is so much. And it's, and then people are like sticker profit, a dollar 99 cost of packaging, 1499. Like, how are you making a living? I'm just like, none of this is any of your business, (laughs) but it's so like, I had to learn, I had to learn that lesson and like, just not because I used to like go through and delete all the comments, but I didn't like yeah. And My husband's like, you're going to kill yourself. And I'm like, yep. So I just, now I just ignore the people yeah. that are asking really dumb questions. Yeah, and- you just gotta, you just gotta, it's weird though. And you know, those are the things that stand out to us the most. Like, like we'll get like a gazillion nice comments. And when somebody posts oh, something like, just like, why it, it just drives you crazy. Oh. <laughs> 
One guy wrote, I guess the husband's making money and I I wanted to set the internet on fire. I was so and and like women came to my defense, but I was just like, I just can't, I can't. Like, what do these people do with their lives? It's so. yeah, they don't, don't even worry about it. Why are you over there dominating their complaining? <laughs> yeah. All right, so Right now, how much streams would you say? How many different ventures, numbers? What are we talking about? Um, so there's freelance mm-hmm. inquiries. There's my shop. Um, and so there's shop physical products, then shop digital products. Um, in theory, when if we're living in a non-COVID world, there would be workshops, in-person workshops, in-person client events where I do live lettering at stores or premieres. Um, and then, well, I guess client work and yeah, freelance fun. So client work, client events, workshops, products, digital products, five, five. Yeah, that's what I counted, yeah. five. Yeah, nice. In theory, right now it's like three because of COVID. So. Right, 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 right. I, I'm, I'm curious, how does someone go about like, I know it's not really going on now, but I'm still curious about that. Like doing, cause I know you do like the, the lettering at stores and stuff like that. that. Like you're, I'm always seeing you doing stuff like that. How does that, how did that even come about? How does someone look into that? So where was my first one? Um, I had just, someone just found me on Instagram and they asked if I could do lettering on luggage tags for Trump club. At their mm, store. I remember that. I remember that. And I thought, oh yeah, I totally can't, and had no idea like what pens to use or what. So I just, I mean, and luckily there weren't a lot of customers that day, so I just got paid to sit there and draw like maybe. Five. Usually, what happens is there's a few customers, and then most of the store employees come back and they're like, oh, can you do this for my mom or my sister? <laughs> so that's a lot of what happens for in-store events. But when it comes to um, uh, like the big brand events, like I've done work for Nike and, uh, HBO and Mountain Dew. So a lot of those inquiries actually come through a friend of mine, um, Angie, uh, from Angelique Inc. She's a calligrapher in Orange County mm-hmm. and she has a big following. And a lot of her videos are actually her obviously doing calligraphy. So, and I don't know what's going on with her SEO, but she pops up as like the first listing when you're looking for a calligrapher in, in Los Angeles, Orange County. So often brands find her and because the event might be large or for a long amount of time, she'll reach out to her friends to help. Nice. So she reached out to myself and our friend Jane. So we often accompany her to those events. So um, I've done events with her and then Michael Kors I, found me somehow. Um, and I did an event for them for their men's shoewear launch and that store uh, manager and that team, I just, I have a lot of fun with people in store. Just, I'm with the employees all day. Might as well just have fun. Right, right. Um, have fun with them. And so they, I guess they told the woman that I, they had a lot of fun with me. And so they asked me to come back for the holidays to do a holiday series and for the West Coast. So they actually sent me to Vegas, to San Francisco, um, to, and then to three of the stores here in LA. So that was really cool. It was, client was willing to fly me somewhere just for like a couple hours to draw names on. So like, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, the first it's mostly through Instagram. If not, then it's, um, just working with 
friends in the industry who need some help. That's always, that's pretty cool when I see you do yeah. stuff. Cause like you're one of the main people that I see do stuff like that. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Always. Hopefully more of it when things lighten up. Right. <laughs> when they allow us to go back into yeah, stores for a long period of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. But, um, just be safe. Cause I know it's, 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 it's crazy out there in LA with the, between COVID and then the fires and stuff like that. I know. I, so what's interesting is I don't, is I don't want to sound ignorant. I choose not to necessarily read the news. Although like 99% of the news is bad. I've got enough. I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. I'm there with you. I'm right there with you. <laughs> so, and I'm never on Facebook because Facebook is just kind of an echo chamber. So I, I genuinely sometimes have no idea what's going on in the world. I obviously know like the, like I, I was part of the protests here in LA, but I had no idea there were fires. Mm. So I went out to dinner with a few of my friends um, and they were talking about just what was going on in the world and i'm sitting there like deer in headlights like i have no idea i have no idea and then yeah so it's um sometimes ignorance is bliss sometimes ignorance is just like ignorance, yeah, ignorance. <laughs> so there's it's a there's a fine line between i i do it for self-care and to keep my sanity and then i should probably check in on what's going on in reality because yeah yeah. I'm there with you. I think for the most part, that's how I hear about most of my stuff is from like, I'm either in the midst of some friends or something like that. And they kind yeah. of feel me on what's going on or I catch a glimpse online, but then I kind of like look and then turn away. Like I've yeah. completely like, and I try to encourage people like I, all my feeds between Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, I've literally used the opportunity to filter all the filtering mechanisms that these social media have, I literally filter. I only see what I want to see. Yeah. I mean, and I know people will say, well, you're not informed. And it's like, well, but I also don't have to choose things that make me feel bad. Like <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't help anyone. I can right. choose to do good, but I don't have to swim in the crap that everyone else is swimming in. Like, I'm there with you. Yeah. So it's, Use um, the filters guys. It's, it's there for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, Joanna, this has been great. It's so cool catching up with you. Um, I just want you to stay safe, you and your family. Yeah, you um, too. You keep killing it. Like this, the, the 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 new stuff that you've been coming out with on Instagram is just so epic. Like all of those colors, like, which is so not me. If I could do everything in black and white, I would. I don't know what's. I I don't know. I feel like a completely. I feel like I've kind of figured my life out nice and I think that because i don't i'm not you don't ever figure your life out well, but you're I'm one step ahead of all of us <laughs> <laughs> and on a good day i'm one step ahead but um but yeah i just i started to realize like i just should do what feels good and mm -hmm. why didn't i do that sooner but you know everyone's on their own path so that's true that's true well thank you for sharing some of your you know your insight i really appreciate you and all that you do for sure. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. I could talk to you for hours. I know, right? <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Um, well, how um, can remind people? How can people find you? Learn more about you? Oh, so my handle is Wink and Wonder, um, and then you can find me on Instagram, on TikTok, which I hate saying that. But, um, TikTok is where I share my 
behind the scenes business and um, tutorial stuff. And then Instagram is most of my work. And then my website is winkingwonder.com. Nice. Sweet. I'm going to have to take some tips from you for this TikTok, man. Cause like, it's so much fun. And I've learned the most random things that I did not need to learn, but I'm, I'm so glad I did. You see, like part of the things like in all the TikTok that I watch, everyone is dancing. No. Yeah. Don't watch those. Those are most of it. I'm just saying, like, I'm just like, that's most of what I see. And I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. like, I like dancing, but I don't like dancing that much. The only dancing ones I watch are when it's like grandmas and grandpas dancing. Like those are the only ones I watch. But it's like plants, it's um, affirmations, it's mm-hmm. manifestation. It's true. It's I guess I gotta dig a little. I gotta search yeah, a little and kind of. Oh, and when you when you figure when it clicks for really, you, let me know because it's so much fun. It's mm. so much fun. Yeah. And then I gotta figure out what would I do on TikTok. I have no idea. Teach people how to make a podcast. I don't know how to make a podcast. Mm. Wow. I think you've just blown my mind just there. I think you've just blown my mind. Joanna, we just got to do this offline. It don't have to be a podcast. We got to do this just offline. It's always good talking to you. Always, always, always good. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope it's been super valuable to you and you're now ready to take your audience building, your community growing to the next level to help you and help me build our empire, for lack of a better word, or just to build our thing. Um, Remember to stop by iTunes, Passion Behind the Art, and leave a review and subscribe. It's very important to me. It helps the podcast grow. And it makes me feel good to kind of hear from you guys to know what you like about this podcast, what it's done for you. So jump on iTunes and subscribe and leave a review. Passion behind the art. Be blessed. <laughs>